My name is Brad Friedline. I'm the pastor here at Crossroads, and I don't know about you, but have you ever had one of those days where you feel like you're running from one thing to next all day long, and then when you got to the end of the day, you really didn't feel like you got anything done? Yeah, I see a lot of nods heading. Yeah. Alice, I like the way you're looking at Roger. Is there something extra going on there about you running from one thing? Okay. I normally don't call people out from the pulpit except for if it's Alice, but that's a whole other thing. Uh, I think we all experience that kind of stuff at times when we are so busy with things that are urgent that we feel like our wheels are spinning or we feel like we're putting fires out, maybe is the terminology that we would use, um, and it becomes this tyranny of the urgent. And if you've heard that phrase before, that phrase comes from a little booklet that was written back in the 1960s, that's a few decades ago, by a guy named Charles Hummel. Charles Hummel is a, was a businessman who was a Christian, and he talks in this short little book about how he um, was working at a cotton mill when he was young, and the manager of the cotton mill said to him this, your greatest danger is letting urgent things crowd out the important. In this book, um, he, he writes and he talks about there's this regular tension in our lives between things that are urgent and things that are important, and far too often for us, it seems like the urgent wins. Now, Urgent tasks can be those that are classified as things that have immediate demand. I mean, it's like you got to do it right now. It, it, it's in your face right now. Um, it can be things like notifications on your phone. You know that text or that email that you get and it pops up and the person that is sending it to you, it's like it, it sounds urgent, but of course because it's in, on your phone, you don't know whether it's urgent, but sometimes we feel like we've got to respond right now. And there are other things in our life that can get us off track because they appear urgent, appear like we need to deal with them right now. Important tasks on the other hand, are ones that propel us forward and help us to achieve important goals. Important tasks help us contribute to our mission and our values and our goals, and they're usually tasks that are planned out. So where the urgent task is more reactive, it's reacting to whatever is coming at you, an important task is a response to goals and values that you have that you that will help you move forward. Now there's nothing inherently wrong with urgent tasks because sometimes there's urgent tasks that happen that you you need to deal with. I mean there's nothing you can do like you get up in the morning and go start your car and your car doesn't start, all of a sudden you got an urgent task. You got to deal with it. You're not going to get to work. So in its in and of themselves urgent tasks aren't necessarily bad. It's when these urgent tasks begin to take over our lives, and as Hummel puts in his book, they become like little tyrants that take over your life, and thus the book, The Tyranny of the Urgent. 
So why am I talking about the tyranny of the urgent on a morning when we're talking about our focus and our mission and our vision? And the reason why I'm talking about this today is because I feel like the church, the body of Christ, has allowed the tyranny of the urgent to crowd out what is important. We have become so focused on what we think is our urgent. These are the things that are shouting at us that, oh, everything's going bad, the world is going bad, everything is falling apart, and we've lost focus on what is important. So the question we need to ask ourselves is, what is important? What are the things that are important for the body of Christ? And when we begin to understand what those important things, then we, we need to keep focus on those and we need to figure out a way to set aside that which seems urgent. And then the other question is then, what are those things that are the tyranny of the urgent? What, what are those things that really are distracting us, are keeping us from doing what God has called us to do. Last week, we looked at Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, and if you remember, the writer of Hebrews tells us to run the race that is marked out for us and throw off the sin that easily tangles, which for most of us, that's pretty easy to figure out what that is, but also to get rid of everything that hinders and that everything that hinders can be really good things. There can be good things that are in your life that are keeping you from running the race that is marked out for you. And that's the idea behind the tyranny of the urgent. Sometimes the urgent is good things that we have to take care of. But they are the in the way of us keeping focus on what God has for us to do. So what is the important? Well, to me the important is really a couple of simple things that we already know. Sometimes it's too simple, meaning the answer to the question. Now, how, how we do it may be harder, but the important is really, it's the greatest command. It's loving God and loving others as we love ourselves, and that loving others for Jesus includes loving our enemies. Remember Jesus? Love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, bless those who rebuke you. The other important thing is the Great Commission, go and make disciples. And this disciple-making thing, which is a lot harder, and I think we get off focus on it, it, this making disciples thing is really making disciples then who turn around and make disciples. So why are these 
Two things important. For me, they're important because Jesus says they're important. When he was asked what is the greatest command, Jesus told him, love God, love others as you love yourself. Before he's leaving, what does he tell his disciples before he he goes? (laughs) He reminds them what he equipped and trained them to do. Go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that I have commanded. And Jesus lived this out. Jesus loved others. <laughs> he loved God, of course. We got that. But he loved others. He even loved the unlovable. And he even loved his enemies. I think of him when he's being crucified and he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. That is a response of love. He also made disciples. It's what he did. Yes, he spoke to the crowd. There was the 5,000 and other big groups, but more importantly, the success of Jesus' ministry and what made it propel into the future is that Jesus discipled the 12 and the 72 and even to a certain extent the 120. He didn't get sidetracked by the urgent of the crowd. Yes, again, remember, he ministered to the crowd, he spoke to them, he healed the crowd, but that, important, but he didn't get sidetracked from that. He stayed focused on making disciples. So as we talked about last week, our mission here at Crossroads is impacting people with the love of Jesus on the journey of life and uh, we talked about that this is our why. This is why we exist. We exist to love people. And why we do this is because Jesus loved us first. And we are followers of Jesus. And as followers of Jesus, we want to be with Jesus. We want to be like Jesus. We want to do what he did. And love is what Jesus did. And so we, we want to do that. We recognize that we can impact people best when we love them. Well, what about making disciples? Well, part of answering the question is knowing, again, the end result. It is knowing what we are trying to accomplish. And I've already mentioned it, but I want to read through this Matthew 28 passage again, just to remind us, then Jesus came to them and said, this is Matthew 28, 18, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Wow, my verse just got all, I lost part of my verse. Doesn't matter. I'm going to say it. You'll, you'll hear it. Um, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Uh, we do have Bibles in the pews if you want. Uh, verse 19, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. In verse 20, gives us what the outcome needs to be, what our end goal is, and that is teaching them to obey. We have accomplished 
the mission of making disciples when the person we are discipling is obeying Jesus. You see, part of the dilemma for us is somewhere along the line in the Western evangelical church, we thought the end game was to get people to pray a prayer. I worked for Youth for Christ many years ago, and the mission for Youth for Christ many years ago was to share the life-changing message of Jesus Christ with every young person. Well, that's pretty easy. I just walk into a school and stand on a table and say, Jesus loves you! Accomplished my mission. The mission of God for us is not to get people to pray a prayer. It's to make disciples. It's baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It is teaching them to obey all that he has commanded. And again, here comes the full circle, okay? The full circle is this. What has Jesus taught his disciples and commanded them to do? Love God, love others, make disciples. So I have discipled somebody well when that person is loving God, loving others, and making disciples. That's that's our focus. That's what's important. Anything else that comes our way can have an essence of urgency about it, and there may be some importance regarding it, but it can also distract us from what we are called to do. You see, somewhere along the line, the church began to think, and people began to think that our focus was programming and getting people into the door And making these programs things that people like now. Programs are important and creating a space where people feel welcome is important. But that's, that's the means to the end. It's not the end. The end is making disciples. And so when we, our programming became more about entertainment and sharing a nice message and less about teaching people to obey all of a sudden our focus is wrong and we wonder why our church in America is the way it is today. It's because we are focused on the urgent and we have forgotten what is important. So our mission is impacting people with the love of Jesus on the journey of life and how do we impact people on this journey of life? We tell them about Jesus We equip them to obey, and we send them out and encourage them to love others. Now here at Crossroads, we have discerned, we went through a discerning process here a few years ago regarding our mission and vision and our core values and all of that you can see on our website. But the one thing I want to focus on this morning is mission priorities. There's these three things that in the process of bringing this, these are important for us to help us fulfill 
our mission. And these mission priorities then are, first of all, is prayer. Prayer needs to be in the midst of everything we do. Why? Because Jesus prayed. Jesus often withdrew to pray. In order to to help Jesus stay on focus with his mission, he often went and spent time with his Father to be reminded and to be shown, hey, here's what you are about. This is your task. This allowed him to, when when there's a crowd... A bunch of people, and there's a bunch of people that want to get healed and want to hear his message. This allowed him to get into a boat and go to the other side, not having healed everybody and taught everything that he could teach to the crowd. Because he had a mission. He was not distracted by the urgent. And again, that's good things. But he was able to stay focused through prayer. Why else is prayer important? Because the disciples followed Jesus' example and they prayed. They prayed about everything. They modeled the life of prayer. When they were making decisions about where to go and how to minister, they prayed and they fasted. They spent time listening to God. Prayer is more about us listening so that we can do than it is about us requesting. Now, requesting is part of it because Philippians 4 talks about that we are to, you know, let our um, prayer and supplication be known to God. We're, we're supposed to do that. But we sometimes forget the listening part. And the Spirit of God wants to speak to us and give us direction. So as a church, we need to be praying together for direction And what it is that God wants this body of believers to do to fulfill the mission God has called us to do. How does Jesus want us to make disciples who make disciples? The other mission priority is faith at home. You've heard bits and pieces about faith at home. And and Jen talked about the resource place out there. She talked about the other aspects of faith at home, but faith at home is the resource center, yes, but that's a means to an end. Faith at home in and of itself is about equipping people to live their life of faith in their home, to to bring it home and live it out there and in their workplace. The methodology or the idea behind that is the realization that God's original desire was that like parents actually disciple their kids. Not that parents bring their kids to church and drop them off to get discipled, but that parents would actually disciple their kids. It was God's idea that we, as followers of Jesus, disciple the unchurch. That is, that is God's desire. It's His plan. So faith at home, the premise behind it is to equip you and me to do what God has called us to do. That's to love others, to love God, love others, and to make disciples. The third mission priority that goes through everything is outreach. Outreach is exactly that. 
out. It's going out. It's realizing that the disciple-making process begins with someone who doesn't have a relationship with Jesus. That's where it begins. Somewhere along the line, the church here in America, we began to separate evangelism from discipleship. We made them two separate things. You either evangelized or you discipled. And the Bible doesn't do that. Making, making disciples is evangelism and discipleship together. It's all part of the process. So outreach needs to be a part of our priority because we need to go to the unchurch and begin the disciple-making process. Remember that Jesus intentionally sent out the twelve. And He intentionally sent out the seventy-two. He equipped them, and then He sent them. As a church, we, we need to equip you and then send you. Again, we have gotten into this mindset that when it comes to discipleship, it's for the paid for professional. When it comes to evangelism and outreach, it's for the paid professional. We have somebody put the program together and then we just jump along with whatever leftover time we have. No. Making disciples is part of who you are as a follower of Jesus. Again, we want to be with Jesus, be like Jesus, do what He does. That's, that's what a follower of Jesus does. A follower of Jesus then makes disciples. Is intentional. This is hard. Because for some of us, We've grown up in a world where the church does programs and we come to the church and be a part of the program. Sure, we volunteer, but in the early church, the people were the program. The people went. So our mission priorities are prayer, faith at home, and outreach. So what does this mean practically for us here at Crossroads. Well, Jen mentioned earlier in the announcements, family night, Wednesday nights. And this, this is something we've been praying about for the last couple of years. We've been talking about this amongst our staff and leadership about how do we intentionally equip our parents and our kids together to do what God has called them to do. It, this isn't something we just threw together in the last couple of weeks. We've been praying about this. And so I'm, I'm really excited about this fall. And the reason why I'm excited about this fall is because we're going to intentionally bring everybody together on Wednesday night and we're going to equip you to make disciples. Yeah, we're going to have fun. We're going to do games and we're going to do some other crazy stuff at the same time because, you know, we've got to have a good time and we're going to build relationships with each other. But we're, our end game is to equip you so that you can make disciples. Jen sent out some information to 
our families here a little while ago, and she asked these three questions. What if our families had the tools to live life on mission together? We, we want to answer that question on Wednesday night. What if it didn't have to be awkward to pray and worship together as a family? It's sometimes weird, isn't it? I mean, you try to, you know, I mean, our kids are out of the house, but I remember when our kids was home, just sometimes it's weird to do that. Some of you parents are doing doing a great job, but for a lot of parents, it's kind of a weird thing. So what if we created an environment where you learned how to do that together so that you could do it at home? What if our children saw their parents and grandparents and other adults model a vibrant relationship with God? So family night, and this is part of what Jen wrote up for our families, family night is a gathering designed for parents, grandparents, and elementary students to be awakened to the possibilities of life in God and as a family. We will play, how to play, we will worship We'll gather around teaching. We'll do family activation exercises. This is practicing what we, are, what we teach and minister to one another through prayer and Scripture. Children will have the unique opportunity to engage with their parents, grandparents in a setting that serves children as the top priority. All this stuff will be geared to your kids. Parents, we get to ride along. Following our time together, we'll break off into small groups. Kids Kindergarten through fifth grade will head to the gym for games, and parents and grandparents in different parenting and life stages will have the opportunity to gather together for encouragement, discussion, and prayer. Our focus for family nights will be to equip our parents and grandparents to make disciples. Our focus is to have parents and kids learn together. I am so amped about this. I just, the more I think about it, the more excited I get to see what God is going to do. Um, this is all new for us. There are other churches that are moving in this direction. So it's, it's, it's not, we're not the, you know, innovators. We're just like, God, what are you doing? What, what do we need to do? Oh, we need to do something. Is there anybody else doing it? And then Jen called around. Who's doing it? What can we learn? So we're, we're coming in planned and ready, but at the same time, we're like, wow, let's see what God has for us this year. Here's a bonus thing. Normally on Wednesday nights, we don't have nursery. Normally, when we have kids program, we, we tell parents, you've you got to leave your little you know, infant and preschool kids at home because we have a nursery. And the reason why we don't have a nursery, the way we have our nursery is because we want parents to be able to be fully engaged with their kids in doing what they, um, in being equipped. Now, just so you adults who are empty nesters and don't have any kids at home, don't feel left out, we want you here on Wednesday nights also. Because okay? we're going to do the same thing with you. And a couple of times we're going to have you in with all that's going on with the kids' ministry. But most of the time we're going to be over here. We're going to be doing our own thing, equipping you to 
be disciple makers. So I, I just took Jen's questions and I said, well, what if we asked those same questions about adults? What if our adults had the tools to live life on mission together? That makes sense, right? Uh, what if I didn't have to, it didn't have to be awkward to pray and worship together as a group of followers of Jesus? Sometimes few, people feel weird when they're with other people. They don't like to pray out loud. They don't, whatever. What if, we, what if we were able to knock those walls down and we were able to just in community and worship and pray together? And uh, what if our families saw the other adults model a vibrant relationship? What if our young parents saw these old people modeling a vibrant relationship with Jesus? So I invite everybody in this room to come on October 5th. That's when we start. There's something for you. There's one other thing, and that's our schedule for this year. I just want to point out. We have a specific rhythm for what we're trying to accomplish. October and November, we will be meeting together, and it's all about connecting and equipping. We're getting together. We're building relationships. We're equipping you. We're training you. And we're praying for one another, caring for one another. It's connect and equip. That's October, November. December, January is send. We're not going to meet here Wednesday nights, but we're going to pray and plan and give you opportunities to do what you learned out there. We're, we're going we're to work on this together during October and November, praying about, okay, what are some ways we can do outreach? What are ways we can impact our community? And then we're going to free you up in December and January with a plan and how you can begin to engage the unchurch. Then we're going to come back February, March, and we're going to get together again for another two months. Connect and equip. We're going to be here we're going to learn from the last time. We're going to evaluate. We're, all that kind of stuff. And then April, May, we're going to send you out again. Free you up to go. We haven't figured out what we're going to do June, July, August yet, but that's a long ways away. Our mission is impacting people with the love of Jesus on the journey of life. And we feel like this is the way that God has given us to do that. And so again, I invite you for October and November to join us. Just come and see. Come and hang out with us. Give this a whirl. And let's be on this journey together where we are learning how to love God, love others, and make disciples who make disciples. Let's pray. Father God, I, um, I'm, I'm really excited about what you are doing here at Crossroads in this, in this thing that you've laid out. We... Uh, in the leadership, really feel like this is from you. And we continue to submit ourselves to you. We desire to be 
followers of Jesus who are making disciples who make disciples. We want to impact people with the love of Jesus on the journey of life, and we need you. We can't do this on our own. We need your spirit to empower us. We need your spirit to direct us. We need your spirit to help us to stay on focus, what is the most important. We just need you. And so we surrender to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.